Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Packs it for three. Yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself. Oh my MVP gosh, time! Windy City Assassin does it again! Tell me how this sounds. Zach Levine, All-Star. It finally happened. It should have happened a year ago. Tuesday night, Zach Levine heard his name announced with the other Eastern Conference reserves as part of the All-Star festivities coming up March 7th in Atlanta. We've got a very Zach-heavy show for you today on the Believe in Bulls podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. I'm Nick Schultz. It's great to be back with you again. All that time that we spent here Pitching Zach Levine to be an all-star. All that time was spent on Twitter saying that this guy is an all-star. It finally paid off Tuesday night. Bulls had their first all-star selection since 2016-2017 when Jimmy Butler was selected to the all-star game. That is so exciting, and it speaks to how far the Bulls have come in the last year. They are now, as we record this on Wednesday afternoon, the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference That is exactly where I told you they would be. They are plus 360 on FanDuel. I have not checked DraftKings, but on FanDuel, they are plus 360 to make the playoffs. I'm just throwing that out there. But today's show is about Zach. He's finally in. It's very well-deserved. He's putting together a career year this year. 28.6 points per game. That's a career high. He's also averaging 5.4 rebounds per game and 5.1 assists per game, both of which are career highs. He is shooting 51.8% from the floor and 43.4% from downtown. Yeah, you can't tell me this guy didn't deserve to be in the All-Star game. So happy he's in. And as I said, it's the first, it's the Bulls' first All-Star selection since 2016-17. Zach wasn't even on the team that year. That shows you where the Bulls are at with this rebuild and this retool. And here's a crazy stat for you to put into perspective just how good a month 
Zach Levine is having. I got this from my guys at NBC Sports Chicago, NBCS Bulls on Twitter. Zach entering Monday night's game against Houston was having the 31st best month for a Chicago Bulls player in team history. He is tied for 31st with Michael Jordan. The top 30 spots are all held by Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, as I said, is tied for 31st. Places 32nd through 40 are, you guessed it, Michael Jordan. So Zach, by that standard, is having the best month by any player in Bulls history not named Michael Jordan. Here's what he's doing in the month of February. 31.1 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game, and 5 assists per game through 12 games in the month of February. Game 13 coming up Wednesday night against Zach's old team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. More on that in a little bit. But the next stop for Zach Levine is Atlanta. March 7th, the All-Star Game. Zach will be playing in the game. He will not be participating in the slam dunk contest, though he confirmed that Tuesday night. So he will just be playing in the All-Star Game. But even so, he gets to be there. He gets to play in the game. Last year, he should have played in the game. The only reason you knew Chicago was involved with the game at all is because Chicago hosted the game at the United Center. And now we have another question that we can bring up. Zach Levine for most improved player, question mark? He's plus 3,600 on FanDuel and plus 3,300 on DraftKings to win the award. It was plus 6,000 the other day. Just food for thought on how much it's moved. And the numbers don't lie. You, I told you his stats for 2020-2021. 28.6 points per game, 5.4 rebounds per game, 5.1 assists per game. Those numbers last year, 25.5 points. 4.8 rebounds, 4.2 assists. So you can see the drastic improvement that Zach has had this season. I don't know who else could win most improved player. Maybe Jeremy Grant in Detroit, because he's putting together a really good year as well. Maybe Jeremy Grant can make a run at it. I know he's the favorite on both sports books, both FanDuel and DraftKings. But other than that, maybe Christian Wood down in Houston. Julius Randle is another name that you have to consider, considering he kind of came out of nowhere in New York. Maybe Jalen Brown in Boston. I, don't, I think that's a long shot. But maybe Jalen Brown, who also got named to his first All-Star game this week. But the thing is, if Jeremy Grant were to be most improved player, the Pistons are 9-22. and And they did blow a huge lead to the Bulls this weekend. I'll talk a little bit about that one there later on in the show. But I feel like record... Says a lot. The Celtics are underwhelming at 15 and 16. That would be Jalen Brown. Houston is struggling. The Rockets are currently sitting at 11 and 18. They're 14th in the Western Conference. Julius Randle for for the Knicks. The Knicks are actually doing better than people thought they would. No, better than I thought they would. They're 15 and 17, and they are the seventh seed in the East ahead of the Bulls. So if the Bulls can pull ahead of New York and Boston, which I think they could do because the Bulls are essentially in a tie with New York, and they're then a half game back of Boston. When I say essentially in a tie with New York, it's because of winning percentage. And in this COVID world we're living in, the total games is different because the Bulls have played 30 games, the Knicks have therefore played 32. So they're in essentially a tie with the Knicks. And both teams are then a half game back of Boston. 
So maybe the Bulls can leapfrog those teams, and maybe that could make Zach's case even stronger for most improved player in the league. Because I, I don't think Jeremy Grant, I mean, yeah, he's the favorite, but I also think team success should have something to do with most improved player, and the Bulls have been a better team because Zach is having the year he's having. And the question is, what's changed with Zach Levine? I, the answer is simple. I talked about this a couple weeks ago on Believe in Betting Chicago with Joey Christopoulos, which was a really fun interview if you want to check out the podcast. It's a very, very easy answer. Zach has a head coach. And when I say he has a head coach, obviously he's played for head coaches in the past. I'm talking about a head coach who's going to help him succeed. Jim Boylan did not do anything to help Zach Levine succeed. I mean, I think that's pretty fair to say. He didn't maximize Zach's potential. Now having a guy like Billy Donovan in there, Zach's in an offensive system that works really well with his game, and Billy Donovan's going to get the most out of him. It's just, the, that's the way Billy Donovan is. Billy Donovan's a winner, and he's even said, Zach's our guy. And I've been outspoken in saying this, and I'll say it again. Zach Levine is not a number one on a championship contending team. However, as we're seeing this year, he can probably guide you to a playoff spot, especially in the Eastern Conference. And he's a, he'd be a solid number two. I think you could make a really strong case that he'd be a solid number two on a contending team. I know people will say, oh, what teams would you put him as a number two on? Well, I don't have specific teams. I did not do that deep a dive into how Zach Levine would be a number two on other teams in the NBA. The guy's an all-star. We're focusing on that. He's a good player. He's a great player. He's got the confidence in the system. He's a number one on this team, and look where they're at. They're in the number eight spot in the Eastern Conference, and if they can leapfrog the Celtics, they'd be in the number six spot in the Eastern Conference. That is insane to think about, considering people didn't think this was a playoff team. I did. I'm going to keep pounding my chest about this and sounding the alarm that I told you this is a playoff roster. I told you this back in preseason. People didn't listen to me. Now people are like, hey, maybe the Bulls are a playoff team. I told you this back in November, people. Back in November, early December, I told you this. And looking at Zach's career, going back to the head coach aspect, he's needed a coach, and he hasn't really had a coach who will get this much out of him. And his rookie year with the Minnesota Timberwolves was a strange year, and strange is the wrong word for this context, but hear me, it's the best word I can think of. That was the year that Flip Saunders was named coach of the Timberwolves. He was diagnosed with lymphoma. Sam Mitchell then took over mid-year, and Saunders ended up passing away the next season. So Mitchell stayed on his interim. He was out in 2016. In came Tom Thibodeau in 2016-17. Now, I think Zach could have blossomed under Tibbs if it wasn't for the knee injury. He tore his ACL in 16-17, and then that offseason, so that took him out for the year. That offseason after that, in 2017-2018, he was obviously traded to Chicago in the Jimmy Butler trade, along with Lowry Markkinen and Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn obviously no longer with the team. That was the one part of the deal I didn't like. Zach didn't play much in 17-18. That was when Fred Hoiberg was in town. And he only played 24 games that year after recovering from the ACL. Then 2018-2019, Fred Hoiberg fired mid-year. Jim Boylan brought in, and you had the near mutiny out of the gate 
and it didn't go well to start with Jim Boylan. That continued into 2019-2020. I consider that a lost year for Kobe White, for Zach Levine. I'm really glad Patrick Williams wasn't there because I don't know if he'd be the player he is right now under Jim Boylan. It just did not go well. Now you have a guy like Billy Donovan in charge who's getting the most out of Zach Levine, and he's turned Zach Levine into an all-star. I think Billy Donovan's fingerprints are all over Zach's success this year. I don't think I'm out of bounds saying that. I will stand by that. I think Zach is the player he is right now because he has Billy Donovan in charge. If Jim Boylan was still there, this he would not be an all-star. The Bulls would not be the eighth seed in the East. It wouldn't. None of this would be happening. This is all Billy Donovan, Maurice Cheeks, that entire coaching staff, the player development staff. The front office has done a marvelous job reconstructing this team. And now, looking all-star game to all-star game, look at how the Bulls have changed in the last year. You went from Gar Foreman, John Paxson, Jim Boylan, to Mark Eversley, Arturis Karnaschovas, and Billy Donovan. You have a player development staff instead of one dude. I will never back off of that fact that it was one dude as the player development guy. Now you have a whole staff dedicated to that. You have an all-star now in Zach that you didn't have last year because you had a bad coach. That's how that works. It's awesome to see how the Bulls have changed in the last 365 days since the last All-Star game. Because we just passed the one-year anniversary of the All-Star game at the United Center. Isn't that crazy to think about that a year ago, Chicago was hosting an All-Star game with all these people and all these parties and everything seemed so normal, and then a month later, everything would shut down? It's insane to think about looking back a year later and the fact that we're still in this pandemic almost a year later is just absolutely wild to think about. So congratulations again to Zach, but we do have to talk about the rest of the team because the Bulls have put together a solid stretch here as of late. They have won four of their last five games, including a huge comeback win over Detroit February 17th. That game was placed on the schedule because the Hornets had contact tracing after potential COVID exposure. So the Pistons jumped on the schedule in Chicago, and that game was bad. The Bulls were down, I think, 25 points at one point. Came back to win by three. Zach in that one put up 37 points. And then the Bulls played the Sixers. And that game I knew going in, there was no way you were going to stop Joel Embiid. It's just plain and simple. I don't think anybody can stop Joel Embiid. Wendell Carter is a mismatch waiting to happen. I do have some interesting stats on Wendell Carter in just a second. But that was a mismatch waiting to happen. I That game was actually winnable for the Bulls. They only lost by seven. That was actually a push on the spread. That was their first push all year. They are now 17-12-1 against the spread, by the way. So they lost by seven, but it felt winnable. They had their opportunities. And I think that was, of the four games, I think that was one of their better games of the week. And looking at the stats in that Sixers game, Zach put up 30. Garrett Temple had 10. Wendell Carter had 15 points. Kobe White had 9 but they, they were just no match for Joel Embiid's 50-piece. I mean, first time in his career he put up 50 points. There's really no stopping that. Part of me was hoping the Bulls would win that game, and they almost did, just so we could hear that Joel Embiid dropped 50, but the Bulls still won the game. That just would have made that even more impressive if that happened. But obviously the Sixers won. 
And then the rest of the week was rounded out by a win over Sacramento and a huge 20-point victory over Houston on Monday. So the Bulls, again, have won four of their last five. In that five games, that's been five games since Wendell Carter's jumped back in the rotation. They were 4-7 and seven without him through 11 games. They've already won as many games since he's come back as they did the entire time he was out, which speaks to the impact he's had since he came back because he's been more aggressive since coming back from the injury. We've seen an aggressive Wendell, both on the boards and offensively speaking. His footwork's been great. He's putting up some good numbers since he came back. 11 points and 9 rebounds against the Pacers in his first game back when he looked a little out of sorts. And then 18 points in that victory over Detroit. 15 points against the 76ers. He only scored 7 against the Kings, but bounced back to drop 18 points and 13 rebounds for a double-double against the Rockets on Monday night. Really good things out of Wendell Carter since coming back from that deep quad bruise he suffered in practice. And as I was getting to with betting, the Bulls are now 17-12-1 against the spread as a whole. This is according to the Action Network. And 11-4 and against the spread on the road. That is food for thought. Their game against the Timberwolves Wednesday night is at home, though. So definitely keep that in mind if you're looking to bet the Bulls. I'm just presenting you with the numbers here. Again, 11-4 against the spread on the road. 6-8-1 against the spread at home. So just to keep that in mind. But it isn't all good on the Bulls roster, in my opinion. I kind of got to thinking about this the other day. Otto Porter could miss the rest of the first half of the season with a back injury. That's according to Sam Smith at Bulls.com. That's just interesting to me, and I, I wanted to bring it up here because the Bulls are paying him $28 million, and he's been with the Bulls two and a half years now, and each year he's been with the Bulls. Now keep in mind, that was half a year when he got traded to Chicago. He's dealt with a major injury and missed some time. And as I said, he could miss the rest of the first half of the season, which wraps up next week. That'll be March 3rd is the last game of the first half of the season. So Otto Porter has only played in 16 games for the Bulls. And to give you an idea, they are 7-9 and nine with him in the lineup and 7-7 seven and seven without him. Again, that's your $28 million man. You can thank Gar Pax for that one because that was Gar Foreman and John Paxson at the trade deadline going, you know what, let's go get this guy. And he hasn't played much. Again, he's out probably for the rest of the first half of the year. Not sure what's going to happen for the second half. That schedule was released Wednesday afternoon. I'll give you a rundown of that. After I preview the Minnesota Timberwolves game, Again, that's coming up Wednesday night, 7 p.m. This this will drop Wednesday afternoon. So that'll be coming up essentially tonight if you're listening on Wednesday. Bulls are a four-point favorite over under of 229. And the Timberwolves have had an interesting week. Uh, Ryan Saunders, uh, the son of Flip Saunders, is out as head coach. He was fired this week because the Timberwolves are 7-25 and this year. And Chris Finch came in from Toronto. So you heard that right. The Timberwolves, mid-season, decided to hire a coach from another team. I have never seen this before. He was not, He's not an interim coach. He is the full-time coach coming in from the Toronto or Tampa this year, Raptors. And it's caught the attention of the National Basketball Coaches Association. They have, quote-unquote, concerns about that. I read that in the Chicago Tribune on Wednesday. Definitely a situation to monitor 
for the team at the bottom of the Western Conference, but the moral of the story is free Carl Anthony Towns. Might be time to get Cat out of town and onto a contender. Maybe the Bulls, question mark. Maybe thinking big here at the trade deadline. But all seriousness, free Cat. He needs to get out of there. Just trade him, get him out, get him out of town, get him to a contender because he's a great player and he does not deserve to be in that situation up in Minnesota. But that is just really interesting stuff for the Timberwolves ahead of Wednesday night's game against the Bulls at the United Center. Again, 7 o'clock tip-off. Bulls are favored by four points, depending on where you look, and the over-under, depending on where you look, is 229. Let's get to the upcoming schedule, because the second-half schedule did drop this afternoon. This is Wednesday afternoon. I'm recording this, so this is fresh. We have the second-half schedule for you. To wrap up the first half, though, Bulls will play the Suns at home Friday, February 26th. They'll head to Tampa to take on the Toronto Raptors. Yes, you heard that right. February 28th. Come back home Monday, March 1st. Yes, March 1st to take on the Denver Nuggets. And then they'll close out the first half of the year, March 3rd in New Orleans. And then Zach Levine will head to Atlanta for his first career All-Star game. Let's look at the second half schedule, which, as I said, came out Wednesday afternoon. The Bulls are scheduled. I'm going to say are scheduled instead of will just with this COVID environment. Uh, They're set to open up the second part of the schedule, March 11th, against Philadelphia, and then take on the Miami Heat, and then the Raptors, and then the Thunder, and then the Spurs are the first few games. Again, the first game of that schedule is March 11th, and then they play a back-to-back series with Miami, and then they go to Toronto or Tampa in this case. And then they have Oklahoma City and San Antonio in another series, March 16th and 17th. So that is a fresh schedule drop. The full breakdown is from my buddy Rob Schaefer at NBCSportsChicago.com. He's a friend of the show. He has it all for you on NBCSportsChicago.com. The full schedule. The Bulls are scheduled to close out the season May 16th against the Milwaukee Bucks. And from there, playoffs, question mark? Maybe the play-in tournament if they can get higher than that sixth seed. We'll see what happens. That is all for this week's episode. I want to thank all of you once again for joining me. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Believe in Bulls podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope to see you back here next Wednesday for more fun talking Bulls and the NBA. We'll have some all-star talk coming up next Wednesday. Everybody stay safe, stay healthy, wear a mask, and I hope to see you back here next week on the Believe in Bulls podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Grainger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Grainger. For the ones who get it done.